Hi, everyone. I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. I did not even think this would be possible a few months back. But Orange County Soccer Club are the champions of the USL Championship. We're excited. We're here to party. We've got a lot of special things going on tonight. We're ready to do this. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. Or on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to a party episode of the Orange and Black SoccerCast, the podcast of your 2021 USL Championship champions, Orange County Soccer Club. I'm going to bring him on, the man who started this journey with us. We've been waiting for this day where we can claim we are the podcast of champions. That's Dylan from Caroline Coalition. Dylan, man, I, I heard you're tired, but how are you doing, man? Yes! Woo! We won the cup. I'm doing so good. I'm so tired. Um, I've had like 12 hours of sleep since Saturday morning. Um, we, we won the cup, and uh yeah this is basically um it's been like a bender since saturday so it's gonna get messy it's gonna be an interesting episode let me say that because i think all of us are ready to celebrate even some of the people that maybe aren't orange county soccer club fans at heart but we'll get to all this stuff let's get to one of those that is sort of an orange county fan but sort of a san diego fan at this point he's got the the bubbly going he's ready to celebrate with us that's alan down in san diego man how are we doing my man we missed you last week yeah, I was. Uh, I got my third jab and was. Uh, it kicked my butt, so I was uh, not in the podcasting mood. I would have been terribly boring uh, and drab, and that would have been terrible to set to because I know previewing that finals was going to be a big podcast. Uh, but things are things are good. Uh, got a chance to watch it on the flight home from Thanksgiving, and um, I'm celebrating that there are tons of fans out there who've been following this team. Uh, since you could take couches to the game and bring your own beer. Uh, so I know there's a lot of uh, fans who've been waiting for this for a very long time. Uh, coaching staff, uh, you know, Chapel has been with the team for a while as well. Uh, so I'm celebrating that people are celebrating. So congratulations to the uh, the team and uh, the front office, but most importantly, the supporters. Awesome, awesome. Let's head up north and a little bit to the west to the good luck charm for Orange County. He joins Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and in his first year, 
they bring home the USL Championship Cup. That is Brad up in Reno. Brad, can we call you the good luck charm now officially now that they've sealed in this uh, this championship? I mean, duh. It's all it's all me. It's nothing to do with the team. It's just, you know, one day Reno folded and I'm like, well, who should I who should I take to a championship on my back end? Well, you know, my back's not as sore as I thought it would be from the experience. It, it, it was um, an amazing experience this season. We've had our highs, we had our lows, and then the ultimate high to end the season. Let's bring on the man that we're bringing in. He's going to give us all the tactical uh, analysis of this match. And again, probably should be a, a permanent member of this podcast the number of times he's been on. That is Mr. USL Tactics himself, John Morrissey. John, welcome back to the show, man. It's We've got a seat for you here anytime, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, love breaking down these games. It was certainly a fun one with a lot going on. So happy to be basically an honorary co-host at this point. Yes, honorary co-host and good luck charm as well because we brought you in for the playoff run and we went undefeated in the playoffs. I mean, we didn't lose, uh, which is awesome. Um, we said this is going to be a party. So we actually uh, sent it out to some of the members of uh, the supporter group and the fandom to come and jump on the podcast with us. And we got a couple people that decided to uh, test their time here with us on this podcast. Uh, let's do this. Let's uh, go with the man who uh, sits right behind the boards there quite often, pretty much every match, and now star of our, our all-new intro video celebrating the championship, and that's Russell. Russell, how are we doing, my man? I've. It's the culmination of three dreams. We won the championship. I've been featured on ESPN. And the ultimate, I've made the orange and black soccer cast. So it's been a great three days. <laughs> it's, an, it's an amazing three days for everyone. And we appreciate people like you, like Dylan, and all those other fans that made the trip out there uh, to Tampa Bay or, or St. Petersburg, whatever, they, wherever the Lang Stadium is. But we know that was not an easy trip for anyone that made that trip, being that it was Thanksgiving weekend and one week to buy your 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 tickets and book your you know, hotels and whatever else you had to do. So congrats to you. Again, congrats to Dylan and everyone else. Uh, you guys were all amazing there representing County. Uh, one last person I want to introduce onto the show, first time on the show, uh, Mr. Tyler Griffith. Um, he's He's got his drink ready for this episode. He's ready to party. Um, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, I'm doing really well. Uh, similar to what Russell said, it's it's been a surreal few days. I keep like waking up and looking online and I'm like, oh, wow, we we actually did that. That's incredible. Um, I we didn't get to go to the last game. Uh, my fiance was really sick, but watching it at home and being able to like chat with everyone online, it was it was incredible. And I it's unlike anything I felt before in terms of sports fandom. So I'm happy to be here to party with you guys. And the thing that makes this amazing, I know Orange County has had champions in the past with the Angels, but when you have a team like Orange County, there's this intimacy with the, with the club. You get this real close uh, partnership with the players, with the the staff. I, I mean, all of us have, have spoken. I would assume even John has spoken to someone from the club at some point in his illustrious career. Who knows? Uh, but anyone that actually makes their way to Championship Soccer Stadium, you get opportunities to speak with the players, to speak with uh, the front office to speak with the coach staff. I was speaking with one of Caroline Coalition's uh, members, uh, Jen. We were talking about how uh, much uh, of an experience her son has had uh, throughout the years interacting with players such as Andre Rawls uh, and this current group of players. And it's amazing when you hear these types of stories on that. But let's talk about this championship for Orange County. 
let me let me ask everyone here really quick yes or no answer three months ago did you think this was possible dylan no we all know dylan was upset about the coaching change at that point so we knew he was uh, on the negative this side. is revisionist history it's not because i didn't think chaplo deserved a shot and and when this was announced and i said i'd back him and i did and i even got a handshake on sunday morning at 2 a.m or something um he, he's earned it. But no, I did not think we would be here even uh, a month ago. Alan, what about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone but diehard Orange County soccer fans uh, would imagine that this was possible um, a month and a half ago. I think, you know, it was, it, it seemed like San Diego would have to like lock up for second place. And then all of a sudden Orange County just started playing this new brand of soccer. So that was my one word. It was all hyphenated in case you didn't know. It's hard to tell on audio form. That's my one word answer. Uh, I did not think it would happen. Uh, what about you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bradley? I don't even think that, uh, that diehard Orange County fans even thought that they were even going to make it. You know, I'm new around town, but, I didn't even think that we were going to make a, make it past the first round, let alone a home game. I'm going to have to take away your uh, good looks uh, charm status there, Brad, for the negative thoughts on that first round. Uh, Russell, you know, you, you sit there really close to the, the action uh, and we've seen you interact with some of the opposing players recently. Um, but did you think this was possible uh, that Orange County would be drinking out of and, and lifting up that uh, USL cup? USL Championship Cup at the end of the season. I could have only dreamed of the cup, but I will say this. Two things. One, the night they fired Braden, I knew at the game, I knew that he was going to get fired in my heart. And it, you know, it gutted me, but I I could tell on, you know, from where I said I could tell it was going to happen. And I knew before the San Diego game, and I was there, and I walked by you, Alan, and I said hi, and you just kind of looked at me because we were all masked up. But my son and I went to that game, and I knew, watching the warm-up, that the team had turned, and I knew they were going to make the playoffs. I didn't know how far they would go, but I knew they were going to turn it around and, and make it to the postseason. So that th- that's what I knew in my heart. Everything else has just been gravy. What about you, Tyler? Uh, did you think this was happening? No. Um Three months ago, if you would ask me, I would have said no. Every, seems like every game we're watching, they're giving up leads late. They can't hold on to anything. They're dropping points left and right. It it felt like a very like they were teetering and they were just going to fall off a cliff at some point. And then the switch happened, like in mid August, I think, and the team just turned around and suddenly they're controlling their own destiny to get into the playoffs, which. I had no idea it was going to happen. I figured we'd have to rely on three or four other teams breaking one way or another to even get into the playoffs. And then come that last weekend on decision day, we ended up with a home game and I, it was better than anything I could have imagined. And then the playoffs happened. So glad it turned out the way it did. Let me ask uh, the, the, the smartest person in this, in this room here in this video, and that's Mr. John USL tactics himself. Did you think, at the time when you see the switch over to Braden, uh, from Braden Cloutier to uh, Richard Chaplow, does Orange County have a shot at getting to this point and being crowned champions? So I was critical of the coaching change at the time. I 
obviously did the picks every single round of the playoffs and I picked against Orange County in each of their last three matches. So maybe I don't actually know what I'm talking about because I've just been wrong about this team at every stage. <laughs> hey, I love the honesty there. I love the honesty, Sean. Hey, there was one person at the beginning of the playoffs that had faith, even more faith than you, Brad. Uh, if you anyone watched the USL uh, preview uh, playoff preview show, there was one person that picked Orange County. That was Mr. Joe Malfa. And uh, we, uh, we invited him on the episode tonight, but unfortunately he was booked. But he did uh, take time to send us a video uh, to share why he picked Orange County and uh, how he feels of this. So uh, we'll play that video right now. Orange and Black Soccer Cast, what's up? Congratulations to everybody on the show and to all the fans. Uh, Ray reached out, Joe Malfa here, uh, broadcaster for the league, uh, just to kind of comment about uh, having believed in OC since the beginning and, and picking them and, and maybe gloat a little bit and say, I told you so, but Ray, that's not my style. I'm not going to do what I told you so here. This is more of a thank you to the team for making me look for once like I know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, where do I start here? Uh, a few things I wanted to say. First of all, um, the game itself, you know, despite picking the team from the beginning, I would be lying if I said I thought the game was going to go the way it was going to go. Uh, I had this pegged as 1-1 to extra time tight game, but shout out to Ronaldo Damas for doing the way he, that the way he did early on. And um, Koningas, the free kick, I mean, 3-0 at the half. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Even Look, even you guys as the diehard fans who do this podcast and uh, follow this team, I think you'd be lying to yourselves if you said you thought it could be 3-0 at the half. Win, sure. Uh, but three and another half, that was that was something. I think everybody was stunned. That crowd was stunned for sure. The, the, the Rowdies players were stunned for sure. Uh, it was certainly a good way to punctuate uh, the, the way the last run of the season had gone. Uh, Ray asked me like why I kind of bit why I, I uh, believe in this team to elaborate a little bit more on, on that playoff preview show. Obviously, you know things were a little bit constrained for time, and De Devin and Gary had to get their pieces in. Um, the main couple things I said then were, look, it was a team that was injured for a lot of the beginning of the season, and everybody was back, and they added some more guys in. It was a team that played their best against other good teams. They had the best record or most points earned among other playoff teams, uh, among teams in the playoffs. So nobody else in the playoffs had more points against playoff teams than Orange County. So they played their best against the best teams. They were on the five-game winning streak entering the playoffs. They had only given up one goal in a month. Um, and there was just something about the team ever since Chaplo took over. Like, I, I personally don't believe that Cloutier did a bad job, and, and I think I was, like others, was maybe surprised by that move. In hindsight, you understood it a little bit. Like, he was just dealt a bad hand with all the injuries, and this team would have been in a much different spot maybe if not for the injuries. But Chaplo came in and, and just played to the strengths of this team. Every line was just clicking on all cylinders. The back line didn't allow anything through. The midfield was just smothering. And then Damas up top scoring every time you turned your head. So everything was clicking. And it just it just reminded me of a team that would get it done in knockout football. Like maybe they wouldn't have necessarily... If you, if you ran a simulation of the regular season 100 times, they probably would never finish above second place. Uh, in the Pacific Division in any of those. So they finish about where they should have finished. But knockout football is a different story. It's a team built for that, and they really excelled in that, and I'm glad that they went on to win it. Um, congratulations to the team, the fans, and I'd say most importantly the fans. I mean, it's a great thing that's going on right now in USL Championship, the growth of the league and, and everything that's going on. Um, and still the biggest part of it 
to me, has to be the fans. It's great to see a lot of young, great players coming through that are moving on to, to bigger leagues or moving on to Europe, like a Jonathan Gomez uh, with Louisville. And these are great things to see for the growth of the league. They're going to be in a video game in a couple of years that deal with Konami. Everything's going in the right direction. But for me, it's still all about the fans. It's great to see at this level, second division in the U.S., the, the intimacy between the crowd and the team they're there every game, whether it's a Wednesday, a Tuesday, a Saturday. They're singing the names. They're all out there, and it's great to see that tight-knit community fan support. So whenever a team like this uh, gets the trophy for the first time in their team's history now over a decade, um, it's great for the fans. You guys have earned it, and, and it's great to see that it's not just – uh, with no offense to these teams, it's great to see that it's not just the Phoenixes and the Louisvilles of the world who are getting there and doing it. You want to see it spread around and see that parity in the league. And all year long this year, we talked about how much parity there was around the league. So to see this, to see Orange County go ahead and do this, uh, it was very nice. I said it was nice because I picked him, so it didn't make me look smart for once. But uh, all in all, it was a great season, great game. Um, everything about it was good. Arrows pointing out for the league for next year, for this team for next year. And again, to the guys for having me on, I appreciate that. And uh, apologies again for not being able to do it live, but I at least want to send you in this video and uh, enjoy the off season. We're only, as I check my watch, let's see, November 30th. Uh, we are about two and a half, three-ish months away from getting the ball rolling again. So looking forward to, to when that day comes. So that was uh, Joe Malfa, who is a, a commentator, commentator of USL. Um, one correction I want to make, is he mentioned the video game form of USL in a couple years, but that's actually going to be in a couple months. Uh, but I love when he talks about, you know, no one, no one thought that Orange County would be up 3-0 at halftime. If anyone says, I thought that was going to be the case, I'm going to tell you right now, you're lying. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to the whole world. And I, I, I want to see, does anyone on here think, will anyone say that they thought Orange County would be up 3-0 at halftime against Tampa Bay before the kickoff? See that quiet right there? So how excited were we when we went up 1-0 and then went up 2-0 and then went up 3-0? And I'm not – we're going to talk about the Rakowski, uh, Rakowski penalty save early in the match, but how excited were we when we got up to 3-0 before halftime? Dylan, I'm going to go to you, you, go to you first because you've been the longest on the show. And oh. you were there. Oh, my God. Um I'm at a loss for, I should, you know, it's been what, two days on my, <sighs> can't even I didn't think in, in no universe, in no universe would I have expected three nil Orange County at any point in that match, three goals for Orange County would not have expected that. Um, and, and even before we started the score, I mean, Tampa gets a penalty and I'm thinking, well, all right, we made it 20 minutes into the smash and, uh, <laughs> Whatever, I'm just glad to be here and had had a great time up to that point. And uh, the rest is history. Three nil half, three went full time. And by the Shut way, him down, lucky. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if 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 anyone you recognize the face of Dylan here, yes, he was the shirtless man up there with the Orange County supporters there at the end of the match on the ESPN stream. Uh, John, I want to go to you. Tactically, how did Orange County? get to a 3-0 uh, scoreline. Run us through that first half. 
I, I, I know you could spend an hour on the first half with tactics, but give us the brief, the, the Cliff Notes version, Cliff's Notes version of that first half and how Orange County got a 3-0 lead. So, I mean, despite the scoreline and the offense really being the thing, the defense is what carried them to that point. I mean, as usual, you saw that sort of 4-4-2 look, Eric Cavio playing a lot higher than usual, even really next to Damas in the defensive setup. And they weathered the storm against Tampa. Tampa, as a result of that solid defense, had to keep pushing their wingbacks and their central midfielders higher up the pitch. Well, if you're Orange County, you win it back. Suddenly that gives you a whole lot of room to break through. And they're able to find Calvillo in transition, work it through Olofsky. Suddenly you're getting these breaks. You're able to catch Tampa off balance. And then, boom, Ronaldo Damas strikes. And then, again, he just finds these little pockets of space in these transitional moments where Tampa is caught out a little bit because they have to press as many men possible as uh, they can muster to really break this team down. And it came back to bite them. I do want to shout out that penalty uh, save. Complete momentum changer. Tampa was starting to really uh, catch a foothold in the final third, show some ability to break down this Orange County side. And that really demoralized them just enough to let OC back in it, let them uh, push their fullbacks a little bit higher, pressure what Tampa was trying to do in their wide buildup. And it saw Orange County to a really commanding lead that Tampa just couldn't recover from against what I would declare to be one of the top two defenses in the league, at least. I love it. You do you do give a quick version of your tactics. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, follow and, and go review what John has said on Twitter, because yes, he uh, has a lot of detailed information on this match on Twitter to share with you. Um, I, I want to get to the goalkeepers because there was, you know, two drastically different goalkeepers in this match. You had Rakowski, who was probably, if not one of the most informed goalkeepers in the league heading into this match. And then you have Tampa with a, a goalkeeper who has played very little. So I want to try and really get into, did that make a difference in this match? Um, but um, let me just open it up. Does anyone, whoever wants to speak first can get it. Does anyone have a thought on, on, on this three nil lead and how orange County achieved that in the first half? Yeah. Uh... The swinging point of this game, which I know we touched on already, definitely that uh, penalty kick save. You know, you kind of were asking yourselves before uh, before the game even started, what what Orange County shows up? Is it the veteran-led Orange County, or is it you know the nervous jitters playing against uh, the East in the East um, after two long games with extra time and penalty kicks? And Rakowski answers the question. Uh, stunningly with a huge save and you know then Tampa Bay breaks down and uh, Lasso grabs a yellow card and all these things happen to where Orange County can just automatically be three goals in the lead and out of nowhere almost uh, and they did it as I uh, was talking to you guys earlier in the week they did it in three different ways uh, the first one was capitalizing on a mistake the second was expert passing and on a uh, counter attack. And then the third one was just a beautiful set kick. And we've seen that all season long. So just getting to see the accumulation of all that in one game is absolutely stunning. And just was a brilliant first half performance for orange County. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about these goalkeepers, but through our, our time as a podcast, we've built some really great friendships with some other podcasts. And we had some of our friends send us uh, or send some messages 
uh, to share with you fans. So we're going to go and play. We have a few clips, but we'll play the first one right now. Hey, it's Marissa from Fairweather Podcast. I want to send my huge congrats and big hugs to everyone involved with OCSC from the Orange and Black Soccer Podcast, as well as um, those who work in the behind the scenes, PR, marketing, um, all of those in the front office of Orange County Soccer Club. While I am a San Diego loyal fan and was rooting slightly for Tampa Bay. I'm happy to see the title in the West and I wish you all a happy holiday and take care. Hi folks, my name is David Edgar. I'm the host of Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast and I would just like to congratulate you on your title, a fantastic victory. I watched the game on the link that you sent out and it was very, very well deserved. Thank you very much for being our partners over in the US and it's certainly something that more and more people over here are keen to follow. So congratulations from all of the team here at Heart and Hand and I'm sure I can speak for the Rangers support when I say well done. 55 for us and a title for you with success. Take care. Bye-bye. What's up, Orange and Black Soccer cast? Congratulations on the big USL Championship win. Congratulations to Ray and congratulations to Dylan and everyone else who's part of the podcast. Congratulations to all the fans. It couldn't have happened to a more deserving fan base. And congratulations to some former Reno 1868 FC players. I'm talking Aiden Alpadaka, Eric Alvio, Seth Kasipli, and Brent Richards. Congrats, guys. You all earned it. Hello, everybody. This is a little special, special message, I guess we could say. Um, I was here to congratulate the Orange County uh, Soccer Club and, of course, all of our OCSC friends on winning the USL Cup. Didn't look like it was going to happen for them this season from their hardships halfway through the year when RGVFC were able to win against them on the road, but they came through, had the second seed in the West, and, well, I mean, the rest is history, knocking off the first round, second round, and, of course, even ugly San Antonio FC to get to the final. Fantastic. Hey, guys, this is James from Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. I want to say a massive congratulations to Orange County on winning the USL Championship. An incredible achievement. What a year 2021 has been for both clubs and long may the success continue for both of us. Here's to an even more successful 2022 for County. So I know uh, Dylan in the chats, I think you were the one that mentioned it. You loved that at the end there, that four County from uh, James there from heart and hand. Um, it's awesome to see the Rangers fans get involved uh, willing to watch this match, even though it was like, what, 1230 in the morning, I think their local time. I think there's this real interest from Ranger fans watching Orange County. Um, and, and that's pretty amazing. I want to uh, jump on. I want to talk to Russell here really quick. Um, you were at the match. You saw that save from Patrick Rakowski. How important was that save in your eyes uh, for Orange County's title uh victory here you know i'm glad you asked because when we were looking at that and i've i've rewatched um the match as you can imagine a little bit a lot um i was sitting right behind the the bench and so i could hear a lot and 
I can usually hear a lot from my home seat, but like it was way different sitting behind the bench. And I personally was like 100% confident that it was going to go left and that that um, Rack was going to make the save. And in my mind, as I was calculating it through when I watched him and I was watching, it, it was clear in my mind he had had a lot of match time with us having two games go to kicks from the mark. He had a lot of match time to hone his skill and confidence and, you know, being ready to take on a penalty kick. And that advantage for a goalkeeper to take that many kicks from the mark over the last two weeks cannot be understated. So I don't think there was anyone on the bench that was like, oh, my God, this is it. Everyone was like, yeah, he's got this. You know, that that was my viewpoint. And I heard Richard and I didn't talk to him specifically about this after the game. But I heard Richard even made the same comment that he felt like that that um, Patrick was going to make the save. But like you could feel at that moment that the the Rowdies fans felt like they had this big advantage. But at that spot where we were, it didn't feel like there was something to worry about. Uh, John, let me ask you really quick. Is there any tactics behind a PK save or is it is it pretty much? um luck at that point uh, of choosing the right direction is there anything tactically that's going on uh between the pk taker and the goalkeeper i mean there's some scouting you can do in terms of different habits or different tells a player has but it really is an an instinctual thing at the end of the day and i think Burkowski's proven over the course of the past month or so that he has that instinct so you just got to trust your goalie at a certain point and Boy, did it turn out for Orange County. Let me let me just say this. I, I will admit when I've been wrong with some of my uh, stuff that I've said on here. I did mention, I, I will go, we can replay the tape if I find it, but I, I won't find it, obviously, because it's in the middle of the show. But I did mention that I was worried about Rakowski in this, this playoff push because I felt like he didn't have the experience of U.S. playoff soccer. And boy, was I wrong. He... He was on fire throughout the playoffs, uh, and it was a beautiful thing to see. Let me go to Tyler. When you uh, saw that PK awarded to Tampa, what was going on through your mind as, as, as an Orange County fan, and what was your reaction when you, you saw that save? So I tend to, like I'm sure many of you, get very emotional when things happen in sporting events I care about. Um, I immediately screamed at my TV about how the call was a terrible call. Um, it was shouldn't have been awarded and then they showed the slow-mo replay and i'm like okay yeah, i guess that was the right call um and i just i was clenched the whole time just kind of staring and i think watching rakovsky make that save i i i felt at that point okay we're we're gonna play and we're gonna get through this game and we're gonna win um and i think that was a characteristic that we saw not just from rakovsky but from the entire team from August on and especially in the playoffs is that they refuse to get rattled and they refuse to just get frantic and lose their game plan on the field. They were calm and they were, you know, focused the entire time. And we saw that I think most on that second goal in the game, everyone hit their marks perfectly, but that PK especially was Rakowski was focused and he made the right call. And earlier in the year, kind of like um, what you were saying, um, I had doubts about Rakowski. Like there were a lot of games where we gave up points late in the game and we left points on the table. And I, I felt a big part of that was because of him. But 
whatever happened, I think it was when Chapo came in, he just he went to the next level and he became an elite defender for three plus months. And I wouldn't have wanted anyone else, uh, you know, in the goal for us throughout the playoffs. And he proved that he he was the right man for the job. I want to say probably part of that um, confidence was Chapo sort of made him like the number one, the number one guy. You got to love that celebration for Murkowski too. Uh, you got to love that, that heart and up. that that um, emotion behind everything. But part of what you saw there is Murkowski, you know, earlier in the year, you had this sort of battle between him and Romero as who's going to be the the man and, and both of them were getting minutes. But that that final run and that playoff run, it was Murkowski's job. And, and it shows he was informed there. Um, let me just admit, I spilt like half of a, an alcohol drink on my uh, wife watching the match at our house because when that save was made, I jumped off the couch. And because we've already decorated for the holidays, we no longer have a table in our living room. So we bought some cheap little uh, automobile little things that you're supposed to put between your seat and the center console that hold your drink uh, for cars that don't have a center drinking for some reason. I don't know what cars don't have a center drink holder. Uh, but when I jumped up off the seat, half of that drink spilled all over her. Did anyone else here spill any kind of drink, whether it was alcoholic or not, when that save was made? So Eric, no one's as messy as I am, apparently. I, I'm just going to say this, stuff. Ray. I normally, I don't know if you guys ever see this. I usually carry my own sodas in because I don't like drinking what they sell at the stadium. And so I usually have to go to the bathroom a couple of times during our games. I didn't drink at all before the game because I don't want to have to get up and go pee. So I didn't have anything in my hands the whole game because I was worried about missing a minute of it. You learned so much on this podcast. You learned that Russell brings his own drinks in because he doesn't want to have to go to the bathroom. Or actually, he brings his own drinks in because he doesn't like the drinks at the stadium. And then he didn't drink at the stadium because he didn't want to have to go to the bathroom um, and miss a moment of action. Me and my... <laughs> but but we did learn, I think, on social media, we, we learned that you got to at least – did you get to partake in any of the celebration with the, the players or uh, anything after the match? I, I know – I think Dylan did, obviously. Yeah. Um, oh, Russ was there. Russ was there, yes. I, since, since this was done in a public forum, I don't feel bad about saying it. Oliver gave me a bottle of Patron at the hotel, and I'm about – 100% certain that there was a second bottle of Patron given by Oliver to someone else. And I believe both bottles. Oh, did he give it to you? Wait, um, Oliver gave bottles. you a bottle, Dylan. He gave it to Dylan, of all people. Yeah. Look, I, they, I, are I pigs both... flying in this world? Are pigs yes. flying when he, Oliver yes. gives a bottle of Patron to Dylan? So I believe both those bottles were filled. And as of that night on the 28th, I hadn't had any alcohol in 11 months. I broke the seal that night and I put the seal back on the next morning. Hey, you get for that moment as an OCSC fan, you can break the seal first a short moment. If you have the willpower to hold off afterwards. Um, Hey, for, for as much as fans tend to criticize some of Oliver's transactions, moves, decisions, he's an amazing person with the fans. I know, uh, there were a group of fans when Dylan and I went up to Reno and covered the match a, a few seasons back. He bought a rat of drinks for the traveling fans and support. You know, he, he's he, he's at least really supportive of these fans that come out. And hey, he did it right this season. He built a championship roster and he made the right decisions throughout the season. Again, even though Dylan questioned the decision of the coaching change midseason, it ended up being the right decision. 
right? So uh, props to that. Hey, we haven't heard from you, Brad, in a while. Give us, give us a thought in this. I don't care what the thought is. Just give us a thought. It's, it's still just absolute euphoria, you know? Just the whole night in of itself. And all yesterday, I just couldn't stop smiling. And getting to see the banter on Discord and Reddit, uh, just it's it's absolutely surreal. I just don't know what to say. That's why I don't have anything to say. And I don't mean to gross anyone out, but I wore my blue Orange County shirt on Sunday. And I kept it on all through Monday in celebration of it. I did clean myself off a little bit, but I wore the same shirt that I had wore the previous day. And then I've worn my Orange County scarf today to work. Uh, I'm, I'm milking this championship. It's awesome. Um, Alan, a thought from you before we uh, move on. Yeah, I think um, I would make an argument that over the last month and a half of the season that Rakowski is the team's MVP. Um, Adamas gets a lot of praise for what he does on the, 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 the other side of the pitch for sure. Uh, but I think if you go back and look at some of those games, like against the uh, against Phoenix um, at home, that kind of kicked off this win streak of winning one nil. Uh, I think Rakowski puts in equally as good of a performance as Damas does. Um, I was actually hoping he would get the final MVP. I thought without those two big saves, one of the first half, one of the second half, Damas's couple goals don't hold up. Um, uh, uh, an average goalkeeper. Uh, you, maybe you, you don't save that penalty and you don't make that big save at the end or one or the other. And all of a sudden Tampa's at three, two going into like the 88th minute. And at that point, orange County's on their heels uh, and, and Tampa Bay's the one on the attack. But I think what Rakowski was able to do was really calm the game down. Tampa Bay looked a little bit off. Uh, they weren't qu quite, hitting the ball as squarely as you would normally assume for as good as Tampa Bay was. It felt like they maybe were a little bit tight, especially when they got punched in the mouth early. And then I don't think they ever really recovered. And I think Rakowski was a huge reason why Orange County was able to really land that first punch. Um, and then to keep it at 3-1 late in the match, it, it really killed the game. He makes that big save and everyone's just like, Ugh. like that was the chance you had to get within one to force extra time uh so and, and we've, we've seen what tampa bay was able to do against a, a good team like louisville city um they were able to really uh attack heavily in the second half and that was the difference orange county kind of withstood the attack uh thanks to rakowski like i said i thought he might have had a really good shout at being the, the game's mvp but you can't fault Thomas. i think especially if he gets that hat trick that would have been that would have been so amazing um but i, I can't sing Rukowski's praises enough. Um, I'm a big defensive uh, central midfielder kind of uh, goalkeeper kind of guy because they don't get as much love as they they should. And Rukowski definitely is one of the big stars of this team. Yeah, Alan's right. Offense usually gets more of the praise than the defense or goalkeepers will get, um, especially because there was the brace. I, I think if there's no brace, maybe there's an opportunity to, to see Rukowski with that award. We'll get into that because Alan actually brought up like three or four topics that I want to talk about in this, but you know, we've, we've built some good friendships and we have more friends that sent some messages, messages to us. I've been drinking some, uh, some bubbly here th throughout this episode. I think I'm beating you, Alan. I don't know. Am I beating you? We'll see. Uh, but we have some more friends that sent some messages in and let's uh, see what they had to say. Hey, 
Hey everyone, this is Alicia from Angels on Parade. Uh, I just wanted to send over a quick congratulations to Orange County SC for winning the USL Championship in 2021. Huge news. Obviously, congratulations to the club, the front office, the ownership, the players, of course, um, all the support staff who've been working behind the scenes. Congratulations to the fans uh, for your support over the years. I know this has been a long time coming, so uh, this is really great. Obviously, Orange and Black Soccer cast, congrats to you. You guys have been uh, pulling through this whole time, so it's really great to see. So congrats to everyone. Hey there, Orange County. This is, uh, this is Aaron from Oakland Roots Blog. Congratulations on your title-winning run. Uh, to the team, you guys proved yourselves by several centimeters to be the best in the Pacific Division, and I think it was only inevitable at that point that you'd go on and take the title. You guys had a great season, uh, a great playoff run. You should really enjoy it, uh, but just know that next year, next year the Oakland Roots are coming for you. And to the Soccer Cast fellas, a great season for you too. We love listening to your podcast. We've had a great time when you've had us on. I hope we're talking soon. Obviously, if we don't talk this off season, we'll be talking again in the spring. And if you're ever in the Bay Area, let us know, and we'll have to go out and get a drink. What's going on, Orange County SC fans, management, ownership, players? I'm Kaylor Hodges from the Hammering Down podcast, and I wanted to reach out to you guys and tell you just a massive congratulations on your amazing playoff run and your USL Finals championship. You know, you shocked the world, including myself, where I didn't think that you guys had a chance. And not only did you win it, you won it emphatically and asserted your dominance from the opening kick. I absolutely adore your club. I love the fans. I love watching you guys play. I think you're a brilliant club who absolutely deserves this win. You know, I am very, very happy for you all. So congratulations on not only being crowned the champions of USL, but being the best soccer club in North County. Thanks guys and congratulations. So like I said, Alan brought up some like topics that I wanted to get into. And one of those topics is MVP, Ronaldo Damas or, or man of the match, whatever we want to call it. Ronaldo Damas was the man, but there can be an argument made for maybe a couple of other players. One of them is Rakowski, but one of the ones that are stealth that I want to talk about. Does anyone know it's Eric Cavillo. He was a big part of this victory for Orange County. He manned that midfield like no other. He played to the moment. He was ready for this. I saw like three or four heads nod, and I saw Dylan's head explode uh, when I mentioned this. I'm going to go to John first because, again, you're the, the tactics guy. What kind of argument can, can be made for Eric Calvillo as a, the man of the match for this finals match for Orange County? He was just absolutely crucial to every single thing that this team was trying to do tactically. And I think that was the case throughout the playoffs. To me, he was pretty much the clear MVP of this entire run. You saw him defensively pop up from the sort of number 10 midfield spot to really play alongside Damas in the press. And against a team like Tampa, who uses their center back so effectively in their build-up play, that was paramount to preventing them from cutting down the middle. 
at the same time, he was able to pick his moments to sort of take a step back, take a more defensive approach. Man Mark, Lawrence Wyke, and Lewis Hilton, who really are two of the main creators that you get for Tampa Bay. And so you had that side of things, but then he was equally important driving offense. Whenever this Orange County got a stop, the center backs or the defensive midfielders intervened. They funneled the ball to him where he was able to use some really underrated dribbling skills to progress into the midfield, drive play. He could link up with Iloski. He could sort of just try to get the ball up to Damas. He's got a very good sense of tempo, a very good sense of where the space is on the pitch. And when you combine all those things together, it really tore Tampa apart and was just key to what this Orange County side successfully pulled off. Let me let me just jump to Brad really quick because I, I can recall earlier in the season, you mentioned that Calvillo sort of tends to do too much or over dribble dribbles or, or something of that nature uh, early in the season. Did uh, something change in him that maybe changes your thoughts on what he brings to a club like Orange County. Yeah, no, uh, Calvillo had those tendencies when he was with Reno. He tended to hold on to the ball a little bit long, try to make one too many moves. Um, and I don't know what the issue with that was, but it's very clear what he's being asked to do when he's with uh, Orange County. He's being asked to start, you know, once when the, uh, the back line gives the ball up, he's the one who's tasked with bringing the ball through the midfield and uh, distributing from there. And it's a role that he's kind of filled in very well with uh, Orange County. So he's a completely different player from when I saw him up here in Reno. And, you know, I agree with uh, John. He's definitely, He's definitely one of the MVPs of the second half of the season for me. So let me uh, jump on Andy, our producer, threw out the question on uh, the live streams of who is your playoffs MVP. And we've had a lot of returns here. We've had uh, Damas from Harry, uh, Patrick from El Patron de Grayson. Um, we got Miko also from El Patron. He's, he's like throwing double there. Uh, Chad from the club is throwing out Kiernan with his 34 clearances, got Miko, El Patron is throwing out like every single name on this roster. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of names that contribute to this. I'm going to go to some of our fans here. Uh, I'll give each of you a chance. So I'll go to Russell first. Uh, who do you think? Do you agree with Ronaldo Damas as the uh, man of the match? Or is there another name on there that you feel deserved that uh, award at the end of the final? Ronaldo's a family favorite. We love him. Um, I honestly had Rakowski as MVP man of the match. Um, I got to meet his wife after the first um, uh, kicks from the mark match, and she came up and introduced herself to me, which was surprising that she knew who I was uh, as OC soccer dad. Um, and, uh, you know, she told me that she really wanted to let me know that, you know, Patrick really loved the support from CLC and from us. And I just thought that the way he played the first half and I watched the whole first half right before this, the way he played the first half, he was very composed. He was very controlled. He, you know, he took a bunch of shots and that would not have allowed without that, the team would not have been able to settle and do all the things that they did. So to me, it was, it was Rakowski. Tyler, do you have a, a an alternate name, or do you agree with Rakowski as the man of the match? I like Rakowski as the man of the match. If I had to choose someone different, I would 
I would probably go with Miko. Uh, the first game I went to at Championship Stadium, Miko stood out to me, and he was instantly like a favorite player of mine. But I think Miko brings a lot to the pitch that won't necessarily show up in a score line. Um, he has this great tendency to be able to get under the skin of the other players, and it's so fun to watch. And he's a he's just an imposing presence in the midfield. And that second goal in the buildup, when Calvillo passed it to him, he instantly drew a two-on-one because they knew that he could cause damage, which then allowed him to pass the ball forward and get the goal. And then that strike he had from the free kick was just, it was a cap to a perfect first half. And it's so rare to see a player take a kick like that instead of trying to lob it and feed it to another player. So to have him in the championship game decide he was going to take that strike was incredibly gutsy. And the fact that it paid off, it just made me love him even more. So if I had to pick someone other than Damas or Rakowski, it'd probably be Miko. And, and let's just say this, right? As much as we, uh, as, uh, as, long, as much as Orange County fans loved Aiden Quinn with the club, I think Miko is a really good replacement for Aiden Quinn on this roster with that good left kick. He's taken the free kicks that Aiden Quinn may have taken in the past. I know Dylan's, Dylan's throwing the hand up like, stop. stop yeah, you you got to slow down on that one, man. They're very, very, very different players. Mad respect okay, to Miko okay. and his left foot, but he's he's got a couple years before he hits the – he's hit club legend, he's lifted the cup, but he's got a couple years before he hits that Aiden Quinn level of I'm the best GD midfielder in this league. Okay, and, uh, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about Aiden Quinn here in a little bit, but I, I have to ask. Um, I got to go to John really quick because I want to find out uh, who he is looking at the whole match. Is Domus the M the man of the match, or do you have a different opinion on that? I mean, you have to shout out Rakowski. You have to shout out Cavio. You do have to lean Domus at the end of the day. I'll have a video coming out in the next day or two just talking about the role he played. There was an instance, maybe second half, where Tampa was building up, doing their thing in the middle. Out of nowhere, Domus just comes, applies the hardest back pressure you're ever going to see and wins the ball back for this side. And then, I mean, they're able to just drive into attack, hold up the ball, play their game for a little bit more to choke this result out. And for me, that shows just as much as the goals did. Thomas is such a hard worker, and I think that goes under the radar when he's only getting a handful of touches in a match in that sort of poacher role, and you can maybe underestimate the holistic value he brings to the side. Um, I do the sort of math thing where um, I do like a goals above replacement model and he ranks in like the 95th, 90 something percentile because of everything he brings to the table. It's not just the finishing. It's a really a complete game and he's a special player. So let's talk about this. Uh, the league has recently sent out their like voting for a bunch of stuff. And one of those is save of the playoffs and Rakowski's PK save is the nominee, but I feel like the other save he made in the match uh, in live play was the bigger save in this match because I think uh, Tampa Bay was on a little bit of a run. They were building some momentum, and he made a goal line save, uh, an amazing save. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to let whoever wants to speak first speak. 
Um, can an argument be made that the other save Rakowski made should be the one that's uh, up there for save of the playoffs? I'm going I'm to jump in early, and I'm going to say no, because there was a PK save a couple weeks ago. There was a PK save on Sunday. Honestly, if the Rowdies score that first goal this month's over in the 20th minute, um, they sit back. They They get to just hang out. They get to do their thing. Uh, I know that everyone on Twitter has had a right go at Forrest Lasso in the last two weeks because he's unfortunately scored a known goal and he's had an absolute stinker. Um, but he's good. That's a, that is a damn good team. This is definitely not an episode for your kids. Sorry. Um, they would have been just coasting. They would have been right where they wanted to be. Um, it has to be just in the context of this game. It has to be that PK save because, uh, I mean, like Mike Watts said, he deflated Allen Stadium. It got quiet because we were able to, I mean, just yell our throats out and, and take over that whole section. Um, and I think that was what gave Orange County some confidence. That's what bailed Kevin Alston out there and Kevin Alston balled out for the rest of the game. I mean, I think at that point, you don't concede from a PK, and that's what, like 0.75 XG or something? Like, you're not supposed to do that. You're really not supposed to do that, and everyone gets a lift from that, and he was he was living that up, and I think everyone else was too, and wow, oh my god. that Yeah, it has to be that PK save. As, as impressive as the other one was, because honestly, if Lucky scores that goal, um, that goes offside, it's game over and the Rowdies take that one too. I think I see Alan like trying to turn his mic on here to speak, but I want to ask <laughs> Alan, are you on my side on this? Is that second big save from no. Mikowski? No. no. Oh. I think, does, I think, anyone, I think, does anyone have my back on this really quick? No, I'll let you no talk, one does. Alan, but does no anyone does. have my back? Nope. No one believes you, Ray. I think um, Russell does. He gave a thumbs up on that. Go Alan talk. <laughs> uh, I just think, you know, Tampa Bay was already a little bit pressing. I don't think they were playing to their peak abilities. I think that one save. Wait, 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 wait. Really hold on, hold on. What was that word you just said? Peak abilities. Peak abilities. All right, we're gonna peak look that up on the Miriam abilities. No, 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 it's two words. Two words. Right. Peak okay. abilities. They weren't at the top of their abilities. And I think oh, I thought were, you were like, like oh, doing like rockabilly like style, oh, like peak God, ability. No, no, no. But I love me some Buddy Holly. Cool anyway, on the champagne um, there, Ray. Moving on. Um, I think Tampa Bay was already pressing a little bit. And I think that just makes them like tense up even more and the crowd tense. And then the players weren't, I mean, like I said, like the, some of the, they had open looks that in any other given day, they're curling some of those into the corner. They're slotting those in. But after that save, you can tell that they were playing just even more tense. And then that starts the snowball effect of making really poor decisions and terrible touches and, not looking up before you play the ball across your box, which like I've watched enough hockey to know that you don't pass across their crease from defender to defender. Like it's just not something you do. And in soccer, you, it, when Domus is on the, the pitch, you need to know where he is all the time. You don't make a sideways pass into the path of Domus or anywhere close to Domus because it'll be a magnet to him. And he will just somehow put the ball in the back of the net. Cause that kid is crazy about just, flinging his foot at the ball and it going in that's like the second goal like most players probably don't even score that second goal but he's just so quick and decisive and just like i'm shooting it i'm gonna score 
And that second goal goes in because it's it's Thomas. That's what he does. Uh, so the first Russell, save. Come... Go ahead, Alan. Finish your thought. I was going to say the first save sets all that up. All right, Russell. I need some help on here. That second save. That's a key part of this match, right? That's it, that's it probably was. the more impressive save. It, it was, and and I looked at that one, and you know, it, it's easy enough to sit and watch from the, the seats or your screen and say, oh yeah, it was, you know, right at you. But there was a lot of power on that shot. And also being able to stay home and be composed and not try to flail. I mean, it, it, you, you can't, you know, understate, you know, the composure when, when that ball's coming and, and you're planted and being ready to go. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Awesome. Um, Tyler, your thoughts first goal for a PK save or that second big save from Akowski. Yeah. Sorry to leave you hanging Ray, but it's gotta be the first one. Um, it was, it, it was like Dylan said, like that doesn't happen. And the fact that he was able to do that, just, I think it showed that this team again was calm and focused and they weren't going to get rattled. And then they were able to do that to the rowdies at their home pitch which i mean i've watched that first goal that came shortly after it and i'm just like i have no idea what arena was doing like i can't figure out why he was where he was like it didn't make any sense and i think that's a direct result of oh wow this team knows what they're doing we actually have to like take them seriously because all leading up to the match like no one was taking orange county seriously that pk shows like no we're here to win and it caught him on their flat foot and then we took the lead and didn't look back all right el patron i will move on from this um and, and tyler actually sort of progressed to what i want to talk about here but um i want to again allow our friends to say their piece and we had harry sent in something a little bit longer than what is normal i i know uh, our producer is throwing up like some graphics from the game but uh harry from sa soccer roundtable sent in a message to us. Here's what Harry had to say. I want to say congratulations to Orange County Soccer Club for winning uh, the USL Championship uh, for this year and earning uh, that first star. Uh, also want to say congratulations to Orange and Black Soccer Cast, Ray, Dylan, Allen, and Bradley. Uh, you guys have done a great job for many, many years, especially with, you know, Ray and Dylan. Um, Alan's done three, four years as well, and uh, Bradley uh, came on this year here. Uh, what makes me most excited about uh, OCSC winning is just how great of a club it has showed in its 11 years of history. Uh, some good, some bad, um, but 11 years in lower league soccer um, here in the United States and to be rewarded with the title um, is outstanding. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, next year, you will be the hunted. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that, uh, like I said here. Thank you for doing that. And uh, I'll open up uh, 805, which is a California beer. Uh, cheers to you guys. Uh, look forward to your show tonight. And like I said here, congratulations. Uh, once again, uh, you know, from uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. So, yeah, yeah, sucks that we didn't get the win in PKs, but uh, you guys did, and, and you guys brought it home. So, 
congratulations uh, to that and, and I would be uh, remiss if I did not uh, say uh, thank you to Andy as well um, who I know does some work uh, behind the scenes and if there's anybody else uh, for that and uh, also would be remiss to not mention the families uh, you know Ray Dylan uh, Alan and Bradley you know, you know the support you get from the families uh, to be able to uh, invest the time into the podcast is well worth it and um, obviously to the players of Orange County uh, congrats and USL West is the best we keep telling people thank you have a great night guys good show Yes, USL West is the best. Although I want to say, Harry, you're drinking a San Diego brew, not an Orange County brew there. Um, but is, is, is that an, um, you sure about that one? I'm pretty sure that's the Central California beer. Is it 805? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the 805 freeway is in San Diego. I am drinking a San Diego beer. It's the 805 um, area code, not the freeway. Yeah, see, Russ, Russell knows what's up. He's the he he and John are the smart man on the podcast, and probably Tyler too. I mean, about beer, <laughs> but it's still not Orange County beer. That's all I got to say. There, it's not Orange County beer. Um, hey, you don't have to know anything about it. It just has to taste good and get you drunk, and when, yeah, when, it accomplishes one of those things. When Harry was on, I was drinking Shiner beer, which I know is like an hour and a half outside of um, San Antonio. Um, let's talk about this goalkeeper uh, for Tampa Bay what second start of the season i believe or two starts in the season maybe the third i don't know john let me know am i wrong here you know more about tampa bay than any of us um how much of an impact did the goalkeeper for tampa bay have in this match yeah so second start of the year for him as far as i know he got one late in the season where they were just sort of rotating players i think against miami if i'm not wrong but um, he's really not played much professional soccer in the past three years or so. And everything you heard behind the scenes from people involved with Tampa, they were really confident in what he was going to bring to the table. He's regarded as a really good shot stopper. And I think you saw the flip side of that where there was that mistake on the ball that really cost him at the end of the day. I do think that there is something to having that consistency in goal. I, Loro didn't miss a minute, essentially, other than that game where they give him a rest. And just having that rapport with your back line, knowing, um, not even in a defensive sense, but knowing where that outlet pass is. I'm just thinking about that first Thomas goal. That's something you lack without the chemistry that you develop over the course of a season. So he could be the most talented shot stopper in the world. And it just doesn't change the fact that you need to be playing with people on a consistent basis. And I think that really costs Tampa here. Is there any excuse? And this is for anyone jump in. Is there any excuse for the positioning on that first goal? Because I was looking at that. I think Dylan jumped in first. Um, I was looking at that. We were watching live here. And my wife said, where, what, what the heck is the goalkeeper doing? And I'm like, the only thing I can think of is he's trying to give his defender a, a, a clear path to pass him the ball. Um, Dylan, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a great reason. I don't know if that picture can be pulled up. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, bring it up, uh, you know, go, go and watch. But um, 
look at where he is. He is in a position where if the ball takes a bobble, which knowing that pitch it was going to take a bobble, you can look at it before Damas strikes it towards goal. Um, it's bouncing. Um, if it bobbles over his foot, it's just a corner. It's not a known goal. Um, he's in a position where if he is somehow dispossessed um, by the press here, that uh, it, it's almost impossible to score. Um, he's maybe a yard or two further out wide than he needs to be, but he's in a really good spot. Um, and then it also cuts down the, the actual distance the ball has to travel there. Um, you just don't, you just don't make that pass. <laughs> it was, it was weak as a pass that's going to go across the box. Um, and so it's not on him for not predicting a horrific pass. I mean, maybe one of the worst uh, or best assists, depending on how, how you look at it, depending on what frame of reference you have here or who you're rooting for in this match. Um, but you never expect that pass as a goalkeeper, and you should. Uh, he's in a great place, because even if ball takes a bobble there and he whacks it poorly, it's, it's not going to go into his own goal. And in 20 minutes into a game, you, you're just going to be a little bit conservative there. I'm going to talk to Russell next, because Russell and I have talked about coaching youth soccer. Is there any reason why you pass as a defender in front of the goal like that? No, there's not. And, you know, you can have a lot of talent and a lot of skill, but when you're playing a three-man line, you don't have that kind of luxury. It's just there's there's whether it's square, whether it's an angle, whatever, there, there's just no there's no reason to do that because you're better off taking the challenge and hoping that lasso pivots to come support you than trying to move the ball back over that way. And the other thing I'll tell you is, um, you know, arose, what's his, uh, I can't pronounce his last name. A Rosa Arena. Thank you. I want to say a Rosarita and I knew that was wrong. I'm sorry. It's my, you know, early onset Alzheimer's. Um, if he wanted to come that far off frame, he should have also been further up, but if you're going to be that far off frame and you're, you know, basically a yard off the, off the goal line, you can't do anything from that position other than to potentially keep it from being a corner kick, but that shouldn't be your priority to prevent a corner kick. Your first priority is to prevent the goal from being scored. So I, I just, there's, there's so many errors in, in that situation in my mind that the only way I could defend his positioning would have been if he would have been a field player that put on a penny because all their keepers were gone. From a youth I, soccer I, perspective, Ray. I, I feel like Alan has a little bit of a, a different opinion from his facial expressions. For those of you uh, watching the live stream here, go Dylan. Uh, uh, go Alan. John, you're correct. Uh, it was the 20th of, of October against Miami where he made a total of zero goalkeeper saves. Uh, in a three-nil victory against Miami at home, um, I think when you're running a three-man back line, I think it it if you like Lasso's in that center position, there's no need for the goalkeeper to also uh, stay in that center position. I think especially when you're dealing with a press like Damas, I think that positioning does give you that quick outlet, and then his job is just to boot that ball. Like I I don't think in that in that situation. Um, I think that's the proper positioning for him. Um, I think he's probably been told to go to that position because he moves there relatively quickly. Uh, so I think that's been the instruction to him is 
in the three-man back line, if it goes out right, you are to move to this position to be able to be a quick outlet if Thomas is pressing. I don't think he looks up. I think he puts the ball where Lasso should have been or where he thought he was, not realizing that Thomas was going to beat him to that ball. Um, I think that's a proper goalkeeper positioning. I don't think the first goal or second goal are necessarily on the keeper. Um, and, and the third goal, maybe he sets his 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 wall up a little too far to the left, but essentially Miko Kuna, uh, Miko uh, Kaningas hits the perfect shot, like hugs inside of that that post. And, and at that point, I think we've seen Orange County do this enough that sometimes you you set it up perfectly and you just get beat by a better free kick. And that was the I think that was the 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 that third goal was just it was a perfect shot. You can set up a wall as much as you want, but he he puts it around the wall. It's crazy, John. You feel yeah. like you have something to say? No, that was a great goal from Miko. But I want to go to John really quick. Your tactics analysis of that first goal, where Rosarena is sort of out of position, maybe, or was he not? Was he in the right position for that? Go, go, John. No, I think the point about. I mean, there was so much intention to the way that he should have sort of showed himself to make himself available for a pass where I don't think he's making that decision without some guidance from the coaching staff of, hey, if you're getting pressed high in this scenario, slide out, make yourself available. And for whatever reason, some wires got crossed and it didn't work out in that example. I do think you have to credit Orange County for the amount of pressure that they were putting on. That's something that you've not necessarily seen from this side in previous matches. And I think it probably caught Tampa a bit unprepared, especially with a goalie who's barely played. I mean, he at that point in what, 110 minutes over the course of the whole year. So tactical analysis of, of that goal. Um, Brad, haven't heard from you from a while for a while. I'm done with my uh, drinks, by the way. Sorry, I beat you, Alan. Um, goal of the match. Which was the best goal from Orange County in this match? Uh, the first, second, or third? I mean, does anybody, like, doubt Miko Kaningas's brilliant strike there? Like, it's just the most beautiful. It's not the most significant, you know, because two goals would have been enough according to the scoreline. But, you know, a third goal right before half, that's like a dagger. It is a dagger. It is a, a very big dagger because we saw the week before Tampa Bay came back from 2-0 to win the match with a crazy last-ditch effort uh, from Lucky M. Kasana. Um, let me go to Tyler. We haven't heard from you in a while. Um, how big was that Miko Kaninga's free kick? And how excited as a fan were you when you saw that go into the back of the net? I was. We saw Russell. Russell was excited. He was throwing up his <laughs> scarf there in the in on the stream. But how excited were you? I was stunned. I I don't. I didn't scream out. I was just slack jawed at the fact that we were going into the locker room up three zero, and the free kick came from Miko, who, like I said, I've been one of my favorite players. Um, I really liked that goal. I my favorite, I think, was the second goal. I just think the build up between Calvillo, Miko. Um, and Damas was just perfectly executed and it was some of the like prettiest soccer, I guess you could say that I've seen from orange County all season and just seeing them thread the ball through so many defenders and get in a position 
where Damas could finish. It was great. And then to cap it off with Miko's strike, which um, it, it reminded me of that terrible goal that Zlatan scored against LAFC in his first year. Um, it was just a powerful kick that no one was going to stop. It was brilliant. Can we just say though, that, that uh, Kuningas goal, I mean, that was sort of the confidence builder for Orange County fans because Again, we had seen Tampa Bay come back from 2-0 down against Louisville uh, the previous week. So you knew that third goal was a huge, huge boost for Orange County. Uh, Dylan, you were at the stadium. When Kaninga scored that third goal, was there confidence in that group that you were with there from Orange County? Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> at 2-0, I was thinking, okay, this is the, the quote-unquote, the stereotypical, this is the most dangerous lead that you can have as a team. Um, and then he just puts that one in the back of the net. And credit to the Rosarena, because I don't think he got nearly as much time as he um, probably should have had to organize his wall. Um, or maybe he was just a little bit slow. Honestly, it's really hard for me to remember. Um, and and he nearly gets to it. Like, he gets a hand on it, and it's just not quite enough. Um, so kudos to him on that one. And that's why I think this game isn't all on him. But, um, oh. Wow. At 3-0 up, I'm thinking, there's no chance. If we hold them in the first five or ten minutes of the second half, there's no chance they come back because it's it's just too big of a deficit. And uh, that was exactly what happened. We held them for a little bit, and, and it was enough to see us through. And, and we see there in the second half, that third goal was a big part of it because Tampa Bay came up pretty quick and scored a first goal in that second half uh, and, and made things a little bit scary for Orange County. But having that extra goal there right before the end of the first half was very beneficial. Um, before we talk more, we had one more friend that sent us a video and the award for the longest submission goes to this man, uh, Edson Ochoa from down in the valley. So we're going to play what he had to say about this match. Edson, go for it. Good evening to everybody out there in the West Coast, specifically Orange County. My name is Edson Ochoa. I'm the co-host of the Down in the Valley podcast covering the RGVFC Toros. And I wanted to take the time to congratulate everybody at the Orange and Black Soccer cast, as well as the Orange County SE fan base in general, uh, for a well-deserved uh, trophy to culminate the 2021 season uh, against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, I think it was really well deserved. I know not a lot of people uh, had the pretty much had had the expectation that Orange County was going to win. Period, you know, and much less in the fashion that it was won. You know, su such uh, there was no doubt. There were there left no doubts that Orange County was the better the better team. Uh, and not only that, we also did it at Al Lang Stadium, you know, so that is a good performance on its own. And so, you know. Good evening, everybody. Um, greetings to everybody out in the West Coast, specifically Orange County, California. Uh, greetings from magical Rio Grande Valley, Texas. My name is Edson Ochoa and I am the co-host the Down in the Valley podcast covering the RGVFC Toros. 
And today I just want to take the time to congratulate everybody at the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, as well as the Orange SC fan base, Orange County SC fan base. Good evening, everybody. Greetings from the magical Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not view your video before I made the video. Oh, but yeah, it's all good. Hey, Orange County won. Anything else to say about that? I don't know. Go for it. Three, two, one. What I think is, I'm oh, sorry, right. three, two, one. Greetings. <laughs> Good evening. We we love you, Edson, and much appreciated. We love you. We're just far too drunk to take this well at this point. Speak for yourself. Hey, Alan, I beat you. Sorry, I'm done. You got to catch okay. up. Um, John, take over the the, the episode here, man. I, I'm done. I shout out to Edson at least. I been on that pod a couple times love him love the contribution i think i might be the only sober one here oh i'm <laughs> i'm stone cold sober john but my yeah, wife you and, russell, you and russell have got this man because I, I will russell's tell you this, just my not wife... drinking until the next championship and john is sad because tampa bay lost my wife did give me a shameless plug beer here i know you guys all hate this but because he's one of my good friends i'll just you know, I'm not going to open um, it. Party here. Uh, let me let me just ask this. Dylan, Russell, you were there at the match. Field conditions. Was it as bad as it looked like on the stream? I ask this guy because I was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Russell see, was like. I can see. You know, Dylan was I, like I, in I the nose of the Hilton, Which is directly across the street. And so the first day we got there, we walked over Friday afternoon and looked at it. Nobody practiced on it on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. It was roped off. Nobody was allowed to walk on it. And I'm just going to call BS on, oh, the pitch was terrible. Number one, it's not by a long shot the worst pitch in the USL by a long shot. Number two, um, keep in mind the USL headquarters are in Tampa and they were very intimately involved with the production of this game and it was an important game. So, you know, the, the quality of the pitch cannot only be attributed to Tampa, but the USL and third, both teams played on it. So I, I just don't want to hear, Oh, well, you know, if the pitch would have been better or blah, blah, blah. Well, we found a way to win on the same pitch that Tampa found a way to lose on. Um, you Dylan, you were nodding your head at something that was said. What, what, what's your thought? Yeah, on that? It, it, there are times in our season that our pitch was worse than than Owling. That's not a good reason for why Tampa Bay lost this match. Um, I, I said before the game to a, a certain reporter from Phoenix um, that you play this game 10 or 100 times, and I'm not sure what the result would be, but I wasn't super optimistic about Orange County winning 3-1. Actually, let me put it this way. I basically thought there was no chance Orange County would win this match 3-1 um, with an XG of basically the inverse of that um, against the Tampa Bay side. It, it's not down to the pitch here. It, it's solely down to Orange County taking its chances. 
Orange County inviting um, Tampa Bay further and further and further forward with some incredible defense and then just hitting them on the break. It was, um, this was the most beautiful parking the bus I've seen us do uh, in, in Orange County history. Can I, can I ask you really quick? Because there was rumors that there was a group of fans in front of the Orange County supporters that wasn't enjoying the <laughs> celebration going on. And there are rumors that Mr. Dillon jumped down and on one of those goals celebrated in the face of these supporters. Dylan, are these rumors true? Um, I don't know if you could call them supporters as much of like a, a retired Florida uh, snowbird couple who I'm were not the pleased. Supporters were you guys? Were Orange County? <clears throat> yes, yes, we were supporters. That is very true. Um, a, a, a rather um, a, a more mature couple was in front of us, and they weren't really having it with a "Come on, County" chant that we were doing, um, and, and they weren't super jazzed. Uh, and so after the third goal or the second goal, I honestly can't remember. I had a lot to drink. Um, some I apologies, heard they threw but beer at you guys. Yeah. So some kids. some beer and water was tossed, and not by me um, in our section, and apparently landed on some people. And I think it might have landed on him, and he turned around with his bottle and just started throwing beer up at us. The problem was there were some like ten year olds. Um, three rows down from us. So they were getting just, they were the ones getting most of it and I was getting some of it. Uh, and because I can't resist a good chance to wind someone up, I went right down into his face and started celebrating. Um, because as probably all of you have already figured out, I'm kind of an asshole. So, I heard that these fan, these Tampa fans were also like asking some of the, I guess, family members of some of the players, do you approve of this? And apparently it's like, yeah, I don't care. It's, it's, it's yeah. You think my, you think Michael Orozco's dad cares when Michael Orozco is putting in that kind of performance in a league final? Absolutely not. Um, or Ronaldo Damas's dad who had appeared out of nowhere with a Haitian flag and was saying, that's my son, that's my son. And then celebrating less when he scored or Eric Calvillo's dad, who was ecstatic to be there. No. Um, I mean, apologies to the random people that got a little bit of beer on them from us and well, from that dude, but I, I, I had to wind this. It was too fun. Let me just say this, right? It, it, it's like opposing teams should know if there's traveling fans, they're going to be a little bit excessive, a little bit wild. We're going to be a little drunk. I mean, yeah. the home the home fans invited us to a tailgate and there were jello shots. So yes. discounting the, the pregame trip to a pub across the street, it was already uh, on some uneven footing. And, uh, at so. least it wasn't Malort. At least it wasn't Malort that those Reno fans <sighs> really. give their traveling That is nasty. Why would you sit traveling fans in a general section with grandparents and kids trying to enjoy a, fa a, a, a family night out? Um, I, I feel like they're... I don't know why I'm looking at John and John looks like he's like shocked at some of this, what we're talking about here. Um, but ruined, I'm sure John understands his, all this. You ruined his drive back to the villages, Dylan. So um, those of you who know Florida know. I want to share a little data on Tampa's ticketing sales. I talked to multiple people from the office before I wound up 
being able to have the seats that I had and I wanted to get the best possible seats because that's where I like to sit and that's the way it is. And they said, oh, there's not a single ticket left for this game. On the day of the game, in the early part of the day, we were out and about and there was a table with a easy up set up and the ticket people were promoting buying tickets to the game because as of 11 a.m., they said there was still 500 seats available for the game. So I'm not sure how the Tampa Bay Rowdies ticket office works, but it's certainly not the way the SD Loyal ticket office works. And it's certainly not the way the OC ticket office works because they were very (laughs) intent on trying to compartmentalize our fans. And that was what they did. And so, um, you know, when, when I first called the office, had I said, oh, I'm thinking about buying Rowdy coin in 2022 i'm sure i would have been able to have my pick of the seats what the hell is rowdy coin it's their 10 pack of tickets it's, i i don't okay. know you know i i go i i have a lot of time in the day when i'm on zoom calls to you know do research in parallel to work um but that's how they've branded their 10, 10 packs is rowdy coin is that how it works when you're on a zoom call you go and start searching about rowdy coin john no i was trying to order my affiliated with these company rowdies is rowdy coin like some sort of Bitcoin that Rowdies are doing there, man. What's going on, John? It's just a bit of unfortunate branding for the ticket package. Like, don't <laughs> hop on the train. Not trying to get you in trouble, John. Not trying to get you in trouble. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm job over at this point, just one season thing, so I can speak my mind, but like, don't jump on the Bitcoin train. Come on. Oh, no, that, it's clearly Dogecoin to the moon or, or whatever they're saying. It's Lunacoin. This is Tyler. this is USL, so it's Lunacoins to the moon. Tyler, your thoughts on all this craziness? You've never been on our podcast. We get crazy at this point of the podcast. No, I love it. Um, I It's so I'm mainly a my main sport that I follow is baseball and I follow the Cleveland Guardians. So I don't have like a, like a community of fans that I can like interact with, like on a local level. So it's so fun to be able to hear about this, the stories from Florida. I wish I could have gone. Um, but yeah, we earned it as fans. It We could celebrate and yeah, get crazy. Who cares? We, we on Reddit, our flares are unfaded and that's not an experience I have very often. So savor it. <laughs> Dylan's excited about that, that, uh, that statement there uh alan brad do you have anything to throw in here before we start wrapping things up here for this episode so, of the podcast my random thought tonight is no uh, we're not doing random thoughts yet alan not random thoughts yet i know i know i'm just trying to speed this thing up because andy's oh. like posting in the in the chat that we're like at a whatever people just watch this i wish that we can put like a please listen to this podcast at double speed at the beginning of the podcast. Like just letting people know this is going to be a long one. They already know they're downloading it. It's an hour and a half. You know, this is a party celebrating the championship. This is going to be a long episode. This isn't a regular episode of the orange and black soccer cast. Wait, Although I know John, it's it's like an hour and a half past John's bedtime there on the East coast, but who cares? It's an hour and a half past my bedtime. Yeah. I caffeinated. I'm good. John, John prepared for this episode. All of us should be ready for this. We're on the West Coast. We're in normal time. John's in like future time. Um, yeah. My, Any my last, last thoughts about I this match my, and about this I think this my party? last thought about the, the final in general is it's always interesting to, to, to pay attention to the people who aren't fans of the two teams and how they react to 
teams winning or not winning championships. And I'm not here to tell anyone how to fan or anything, but just like open, like there's a lot of nuance to how people fan. And some people can be like, Orange County sucks and I hate them forever. And I'm never congratulate them. But also realize like, this is the USL man. Like we're watching second division soccer. Like there's some really cool people out there who like other teams. And when their teams win, we should be happy for them because they're like having a great time. So let's party along with them. Like my team lost a long time ago. So um, we can, we can party with the people who are having a good time. We can congratulate them on, you know, fanning a team that's been around for a very long time, uh, finally winning their first championship um, in a way that they're not a MLS two side. uh, And they're trying to do it the right way with supporting you know, developing youth in their community uh, and um, trying to build like a full team instead of a list of names. And we want to celebrate those things. Like this isn't LA yeah. Galaxy 2 winning. This isn't Real Monarchs winning. This is like a stalwart of the USL, like finally getting their first star. And I think fans of the USL can get behind a team like Orange County getting their first star. And I think more people should do that. And the rivalries can... Uh, can continue when the season starts again. We can hate each other later. But right now, let's celebrate a team doing it the right way. And the proof is on what we got. Like, we sent out a message. Hey, anyone want to share some love to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, the podcast? And we had responses from all over the world. We had responses from Scotland, for, for, for Christ's sakes, right? It's people coming in and saying, hey, congratulations we love this and keep doing it dylan you got your hand up for some reason yeah you know in case it's like a lecture i didn't you never pay attention to the chat so i didn't want to say i wanted to say anything um tony gwynn tony gwynn rest in peace um man was a killer baseball player um to echo what alan said yeah i mean um i kind of hoped we'd be a little bit nicer to some other posing fans but i also understand um when you constantly see the stuff that has talked to us um, week in and week out and week in and week out and week in and week out for 35 weeks or, you know, at 40 weeks a season uh, or 40 weeks a year. Uh, I kind of understand. But beyond that, um, I know it was right after Thanksgiving um, and it was really hard for people to get there. Those of us that went there uh, spent far too much money. Uh, Russ got some nice t- seats. I can't even imagine what those cost him. I don't even want to think about what those cost him for the rest of that trip. Um, but those of you that were at home watching, those of you that were at left coast watching, I swear we felt your energy. And I swear, like I had a second wind in those, in the, from 85 to 95 of my voice felt fresh again. I was full of energy and not full of booze. Um, and just like full of hope that we would, we would pull it out and we would win three, one, and we would get that first star above our crest and um so just thank you to everyone uh who got involved or tweeted or got on instagram or facebook or whatever nonsense anyone who cared about this game i swear we felt your energy in the stadium i swear the players felt it and uh the thanks that were given to us for being there from the coaching staff from the front office from um pete nugent who works in recruitment from oliver from james uh, from all of the players it it means the absolute world and uh wow i can't wait to see you all hopefully when we get to party with the cup in a couple weeks and if not that then i can't wait to see all of you win 
we uh, we start planning in just a couple months because that was something special. Oh, also big shout out to the Tampa Bay fans because with like all but one person, you were incredible. You were very kind and welcoming and hospitable, um, and that was that was really cool to see. Uh, and and the Jello shots were were well appreciated. And again, that's what we love about the sport, right? About this league is the camaraderie from a lot of the fans in yeah. around the country, which is awesome. Any last thoughts about Orange County's championship, this match, before we get to our random thoughts of the episode? I, I um, have a few. I, I got one. Can I do it real quick? Yeah. Go, Brad. All right. So not necessarily about the match, but man, these next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting with off season. I don't, I can't fathom like just with all these uh, two teams that are going to be leaving a couple teams that are going to be coming in. You're probably going to see a East West realignment. There's going to be a lot to talk about in the next couple of weeks. And we're only like three months away from starting it all over again. Welcome back Kansas city. Um, I think Russell, you were trying to say something. Yeah, two two things. One, I want to thank the fans sitting behind us for the vocabulary lesson for my kids, because now, based on the slur they use to describe Miko, my kids know what the word cunnilingus means. So thank you for that. My wife had to yell at them, and they actually apologize. My wife's a middle school teacher. Um, so that's one thing I thought that would get a laugh. And then, um, you know, the second thing I just want to point out is there's going to be a lot of changes to this team. So any chance you get to engage with these players, take it while it's available because lots of stuff's at foot. And in particular, there's people playing on national teams, people doing other things. So I'm just going to give a shout out to the first person to drink a shot of tequila with me, who was Eric Calvillo. He'll be playing December 11th for El Salvador at Bank of California Stadium. So, um, you know, if you have the means, go out there, take some Orange County stuff and support him and El Salvador. Yes. Big part of this championship, Eric Calvillo, support him as he continues his career as a soccer player. Um, any last oh, thoughts oh. before round thoughts? Dylan, yeah. go. I know I already went, but to piggyback off of Russ really quick, because I never have original ideas. Um, Every single player that was a part of this team this year is now a club legend. Um, and that even means effing Tommy McCabe and all of his mistakes early this year and why he has that nickname, it doesn't matter. He improved massively. Ronaldo improved massively. They're all Ever. club legends. I mean, they all lifted the cup. We won the cup. We won the cup. That is my last thing. The McCabe. Red the McCabe jersey on the live stream. Is it autographed? It's autographed, right? It's autographed. Look at that. Look at that. Woo! Sweet. That's, um, that's some fight so Irish exciting. right there. So exciting. The cup belongs to Orange County for this year. I don't care what happens next season. This is a big part of Orange County Soccer Club's history. Let's get to our random thoughts. And we'll start with... Uh, I'm going to go random. Let's go to Alan. Alan, random thought. Pistachios are delicious. <laughs> Brad, random thought. Oh, man, I got my play coming up this weekend, and boy, is it stressful. 
you got to make sure there's some sort of video of this play so we can share with all of our listeners the magic that comes out of Brad's mouth in this play. Dylan, random thought. Um, I am full of love and alcohol, um, but especially love for everyone this season, everyone who's listened, everyone who's said hi at a game um, or talked trash on the internet uh, or supported the club in any way. Um, full of love for all of those people. And big shout out to um, the Pro 2 uh, refs for just agreeing to do their fun union stuff. And um, I look forward to, to what improved training and improved experiences for them looks like because it, I, I know what it will truly mean is that it will be an improved game day experience for all of us. Um, so good luck to them. And, and they deserve it because... God knows we complain enough about the refs on this podcast and everyone else complains enough about the refs on their podcast. They, they could maybe deserve a, a nicer hotel room and a nicer, uh, a nicer flight out to wherever they're going and, um, you know, some more pay and some more training because they deserve it. Uh, John, since you know about Random Thoughts, you go next. Yeah, I, uh, we're getting up to the Hanukkah season, so shout out to latkes, just as a thing. Make some, buy some, get yourself some latkes. Are you Jewish? No. Oh. <laughs> Tonight is the third night of Hanukkah, if yeah, you're watching live. Yeah, no, it live. started on Sunday. Brad, what have you gotten so far for Hanukkah? Um, I got myself a tablet. There you go. Um, Tyler, random thought from you so happy that we get to celebrate this championship because it's looking like there's going to be an extended lockout for major league baseball and i'm not looking forward to it russell random thought i'm gonna go for two number one uh today is giving tuesday uh, uh i know that uh a lot of people do a lot of things my thing this month was november that's why i'm sporting this beautiful mo that'll be back to a goatee actually technically a van dyke starting tomorrow but please you know consider how you can uh support you know your favorite or multiple charities and um then the second thing uh ray you mentioned something about some of the things i say earlier i just want to publicly say sorry to courtney ford for uh something i yelled at him uh during a previous match uh, i did some research on him and he's uh you know quite a fine young man supporting his mother the way he does and i you know, owe him a little note privately for what I said to him, but uh, I just want to give him a shout out for what he's doing to take care of his mom. Props to that. I want to say, um, uh, you know, I appreciate the American Airlines staff that uh, put up with all the noise that Orange County fans were making at the John Wayne Airport terminal when the club landed and came down the escalators especially there were some members ringing a cowbell and blowing a, um, not a trumpet, but whatever, the bugle or whatever the hell that thing is, uh, making a lot of noise in the airport baggage claim. Um, appreciate y'all letting us do that. It was fun. Uh, and I got to hold the cup. And I know our producer Andy got to hold the cup and a few other fans got to hold the cup, which was pretty amazing. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, thank you for all of the listeners that have listened to us throughout the season, throughout the years, and for all of our friends that sent in some great messages. And again, sorry, Edson, for not reviewing your video before we posted it. I apologize for that. Um, but thank you, everyone. Um, for Dylan, for Alan, for John, for Brad, for Tyler, for Russell, 
for Andy, our producer. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the podcast of champions, and we are out. I want to say I'm here. Your captain, Michael, from Orange County, we put in work the whole season. Nobody believed in us, but look, we're here, rising the trophy. Okay, we had to come all the way to Tampa, prove our point. It's only the beginning. Okay, so watch out. Orange County's on the way. Almost heaven, Orange County, Saddleback Mountain, Santa Ana River. Life is new here, fresher than the breeze. As close to the mountains, as we hot to the beach. County roads take me home. To the place I belong, Orange County, soccer mama, take me home, County Road. Oh, my memories gather round us, the coalition. Dark and dusty, daisy you see I here beneath the moonlight, our voices lifted high. County roads take me home to the place I belong. Orange County, South. better than we were yesterday, yesterday, county roads take me home to the place I belong, Orange County, soccer mama, take me home.